Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Hey, welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest. You know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, the tragic passing of Demarius Thomas, of course, occurred little more than the news breaking anyway, little more than an hour after we signed off Thursday night. This is the first chance we've had to uh, talk about the passing of the late great Demarius Thomas with our community. We'll talk about the game. We'll talk about what happened today. Obviously there's a lot of actual football stuff to break down, but first things first, Zach, if you would share your reaction to the passing of DT and then I'll share mine. I can't believe we're even having this conversation chat. You know, the words that DT has passed saying that, that DT died, not even in the manner in which he died, just the fact that he passed at such a young age, so tragically, I can't believe I'm saying these words out loud. It is terrible. I, I talked about it a little bit on, on Kelberman's Corner at halftime earlier today. It's heartbreaking. It's tragic. Any word applies to it, but any word I think is cliche compared to the type of person, the type of player, friend, community member, family member that Demarius Thomas was. All around great individual, great player, franchise legend. The What takes the sting slightly off his untimely, unfortunate death is how the Broncos honored him today. I don't mean just the victory against Detroit. I think we all saw that coming, or most of us did. Just what they did to start the game, having 10 men on the field, having Cortland Sutton take the X position where DT used to line up, having the 88 on the field, all the players gathering around that decal after they made a big play in this game, they all wore it on their helmets as well. I thought it was really nice tribute to DT and also very classy on the part of the Lions going you know, along with it. They had declined a penalty to start the game for a delay of game while the Broncos honored him. So all around... You know, I'm happy the Broncos got the win today, but I'm also happier they honored DT the right way, or as best you can do considering the circumstances. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and 
the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. You know, it's been some dark times in Denver since uh, Demarius helped the Broncos win Super Bowl 50, but despite the losing of the recent history, this team has always been a first-class organization, and they showed that today it, You know, with gusto in how they honored and remembered Demarius Thomas. And for those who were in the stands – you know, that's going to be an indelible moment. You're probably very unlikely to ever, ever forget. But, you know, Demarius Thomas, to me, when I think about DT, I think about multiple things. First and foremost is the fact that he is the tip of the spear in one of the top two or three most iconic moments in franchise history. And I'm talking about the Tebow 80-yard catch and run to beat the Steelers, who I'll remind everybody that was the defending AFC champion uh, Steelers. No one expected the Broncos to win that game. Number one defense in the NFL. And from that moment on, man, Peyton Manning sat up and he goes, Ooh, wait a minute. Just talent. We got over there in Denver. And then he gets cut. Of course, does Peyton Manning. And he said today, in fact, when Broncos TV cornered him um, at the stadium to ask him about DT, that DT was a big reason, Zach, that I chose to come to Denver and, it's obvious why, because he could see the potential that, that DT had. But, man, this morning I was telling you and Scott before we went live, I, I uh, turned on and watched. There's a copy, a bootlegged copy, that is, of the ESPN. Um, I, I don't know if it's a 30 for 30, E60, whatever it is, but it's called No Doubting Thomas. And if you guys have never seen that, it's only about a 13, 14-minute feature. But if you go to the community tab on Mile High Huddle's uh, YouTube page, it's right there for you to watch. I watched that, Zach, and I'm not going to lie. I got there's a couple moments where, in connection with how I know he just passed, there's a few times I got a little verklempt, a little choked up, and I just thought, man, what a freaking tragedy. Yeah. What a tragedy. And when you realize just it's not often, Zach, you see the prolific elite talent on the field commensurate with the elite, just great person off the field and what his reputation yeah. was. It really is a tragedy. And Chris Hernandez, thank you for that super chat, thank bro. You. He says, RIP, baby, indeed. Yeah, the game feels less important today, doesn't it, Chad? You know, the Broncos had a 28-point victory, and it's still a somber podcast considering the Broncos lost a franchise legend, but like you said, also an all-around terrific human being and all that he'd been through in his life to get to where he was and uh, with the relationship with his mother in and out of prison. And it's he went through all stages of, uh, stages of adversity in professional life and his personal life, and he overcame all of them. That's why he was so easy to root for. Chris Hernandez hopping in here, 88 dollars super hashtag win one for dt chris thank you so much you were also on kk earlier today showing your support oh, he's you saying win out for dt oh win out for dt yeah you know i just i'm happy they got this win today whatever happens going forward this was the game to honor him chad you know because yep. the show must go on still but and i just thought they did a really nice job considering the circumstances once again it's it's still so shocking honestly it really is it really is michaela the Duchess jumping in with her uh, still brand new Pat Sertan jersey. Love that. Thank you for getting us the selfie. It's going up on uh, social media today. She says, DT, I remember seeing you play. You were a star on and off the field. Rest easy. And uh, another one, hashtag Baybay, 88 Baybay. So generous. Thank you. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. Baybay, you know, Demarius Thomas. What's another one of his nicknames besides DT? Uh, Op Thomas Prime, right? Because, of course, you had Megatron that he followed there at Georgia Tech. But there's just so much to think about. You know, when I was going through writing the, the actual news report of his death Thursday night, 
for Mile High Huddle, I pulled up a bunch of things to refresh my memory on what statistical categories, you know, he owned in Broncos history. And I was reminded of the fact that he's one of only three Broncos ever to make it to five straight Pro Bowls. One of only three guys. And not only that, he owns, obviously, he's number two in receptions, Zach, yards, touchdowns as far as receiving goes. But he still is the single season for the Broncos a record holder for basically the biggest receiving season in, in franchise history with north of 1,600 yards and 90-plus receptions and double-digit TDs. Demarius Thomas, man, he was so prolific. And then, you know, even before he passed, obviously, people would try to criticize DT and say, oh, you know, product of Peyton. That's BS, man. Peyton might have microwaved his development, Zach, but when you pick up a 1,000 for Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch in 2016 uh, – yeah come 40 yards shy of it again in 2017 and then you get dealt away of course in 2018 that doesn't speak to me as if you were some kind of dependent on Peyton only wide receiver it's just a lazy ignorant take honestly look what he did with Tim Tebow I mean his most iconic play arguably was what he housed against the Steelers in the playoff game in 2011 from Tim Tebow. When you're a talent of that stature, you're quarterback independent. It doesn't matter who's throwing you the ball, you're going to make a play. Like you said, his pairing that talent with someone like Peyton Manning obviously made him better, but he was always good on his own. He was always destined for greatness on his own, and that's another thing that makes his untimely passing so... I don't know another word. Just honestly shocking and stunning. You don't say that yeah. too often. It's cliche. It's hyperbole nowadays. You know, Chad, everything is shocking nowadays, but that truly was. It's, it's sad, man. I'll, uh, we'll come back to this. Kyle Evans jumping in with a super chat. Thank you, Kyle. He says, it was super heart- I was super heartbroken when I heard about DT. So happy they honored and won this game for Thomas, RIP number 88. Thanks, brother. We got much more to get to on your comments and chats. The last thing I want to say on this topic, and then I think we should probably turn our attention to the game, is, um, you know, you think about the fact that his mother was taken from him when he was 11 uh, in prison until basically right before the Super Bowl run, right, when the Broncos leading up to the Super Bowl 50 run. She ended up only getting to spend, what, five and a half, six, maybe six and change years with DT as a grown man post getting out of prison when President Obama commuted her sentence and she was released. And I just think about for her, too, you know, on one hand, it's bittersweet because she did get that time, right? She did get five, six years out of prison with to, to be with her boy. But then also to think about just what she missed, right? And now he's gone. And yeah. for that, it's just heartbreaking. I, I, 33 years old with her boy wasn't enough, Chad. That's so young on this earth. He had so much more life ahead of him. And it's that's why, again, it's so sad. And it's one of those things you'll always remember where you were when you found out about his death. I was at the gym and someone... Uh, tweeted at you and I, Chad. I can't remember who it was exactly, and they said, is DT really gone? And I'm like, DT, what? is that Demarius Thomas? Him gone from the roster? He's been gone for years now. And then I looked it up, and I saw the rumors that came out, and I was just from there yeah. at Snowball, and it's just, it's it's so freaking sad. I got a text. Actually, I got a call first from Nick Kendall, which I missed because I was busy with something that night. I was probably, I don't even remember. We had and just then- finished podcasting like an hour I think I was actually having dinner with my family, to be honest with you. And then I checked my phone and he was texted. He had texted me, Chad DT, Demarius Thomas is dead. I was like, what? And I just started looking at looking up all the information we could find. We'll, we'll, uh, you know, we're not putting it to bed, the topic of DT. We'll continue to talk about it throughout the show, but let's talk a little bit. Doug, thank you for the stars, bro. In honor of DT and MHH, you the man. Um, Getting back to football for a second here, and not to say, I mean, obviously DT is football, but this game, the Broncos came out hot. It was refreshing to see. And as much as we can sit and and give props where it's justifiably due today, Zach, it's one of those things where I can only go so far until I see him do it again. It's Here we are again, right? Exactly. It's like here this, you know, flying high, towering performance by the team And we're so used to that peak and then immediately followed by the Valley. Um, But still, what were some of your takeaways from the game itself? Well, that's what I was going to say. I'm going to get into how good they played. I'm going to give praise to who deserves it because there were game balls to go around. But you have to remember it's Detroit. 
I mean, this is arguably the most hapless franchise in NFL history, and they certainly looked the part today. They were decimated by injury. They didn't have their best running back, tight end, lineman, etc., etc. So the Broncos should have won this game, and they played a little down to them at parts in the first half. But like you said, I even wrote this in the roundtable article. You know, it's loss. The Broncos lost to a good opponent, so the following week they would beat a good oppo- a subpar opponent. Next week they play the Cincinnati Bengals. If they want to make a legitimate playoff push, they have to win that game. It's a must win. They got to put together a winning streak. They have to be consistent. They have to prove they're not just a bully for bad teams. They have to be a bully for good teams too. I'm happy they got to flex their muscle a little bit. Obviously, they don't belong in the ranks of Detroit and the Giants and the hapless teams as they've proven, but the Cincinnati Bengals are not the Lions. And if they want to be taken serious as contenders, they want to make their stake in the AFC playoff picture, they have to win that game next week. They have to transfer this, like you said, from this game to next game. That's on Vic Fangio and the players. Hey, sorry, Robot of Dune, to hear about your uncle passing. That's just, that's terrible. That's what one week. of the things about December. You know, my birthday's in the month of December. You got Christmas, you got New Year's Eve and all that. So much to celebrate. It's the holiday season, but I also kind of hold my breath throughout this month because it's just one of those months that tends to also crank out quite a bit of tragedy for whatever reason. Winter, people getting sick, easier to get sick in the winter, this and that. People holding on if they've had health problems that year and they hold on as best they can till the end of the year and things like that. But uh, sorry to hear that, Robot of, Doom, uh, Robot of Doom. Prayers up for you, my friend. And keep your chin up. Keep a stiff upper lip. Um, all right, so the Broncos kind of overcorrected, I think, a little bit here, Zach, on the topic of running back because Melvin missed last week in Kansas City. Javante puts up a historic game in his first NFL start. You come back, and sure enough, the Broncos made sure Melvin got more touches today, but – with fewer um, bites out of that cookie, I mean, Javante ended up with two total touchdowns. Let me see. What was his receiving yards? Only 10 yards. Let's see. 83 yards, Zach, and two touchdowns on 15, well, 16 total touches. Melvin went 24 for 111 on the ground with two tutties. And did he catch a ball? He didn't catch a ball. But I don't understand why. I mean, it worked for him. It worked for him. So maybe we shouldn't really be looking this gift horse in the mouth. But – I can't wait till Javante Williams is the guy. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Melvin Gordon, I said this on KK, so I'm going to kind of repeat the same talking points for those who saw me. Uh, Melvin Gordon actually had a good game. He was getting positive yardage, chunk yardage, ripping off nice runs up the middle, showing good explosion. I don't know about $8 million running back, but he was certainly a good number two to have with Javante. But there's something about Pookie that's just more dynamic, more explosive. And I said, if you spot a one-eyed Bigfoot, that's more rare than watching Williams go down on first contact, Chad. It's unbelievable to me. You need three tacklers to take him down, and sometimes even that's not enough. So I'm right, right, right there with you. The sooner he's no doubt understood RB1, the better. Um, it When it works, great, but you're not going to survive against better teams like the Bengals, divisional teams like the Chargers, the Chiefs, by hiding Teddy like they did today. They ha- they're going to get a good contribution from Gordon and Williams, but they need more from their quarterback because once again, Chad, Teddy was downright unsteady this afternoon. That's been the, uh, that's been the trend for Teddy this year, unfortunately. Amen. All right, let's jump back into the chat. Uh, lots to talk about. Colby, thank you, bro. Some big time love, some big time stars. That means a lot to us. You know that my friend, um, Jess, he says a win is a win. Rest easy, DT. Much love, fam. Thank you, Jess. Yes, it is. And, hey, you don't apologize for winning. You especially don't apologize, Zach, when you blow out an opponent by 28 points. It kind of reminds me of the Jets game in week three. It was 27 nothing. Fans said the same thing. Oh, it's the Jets. A win's a win's a win in the NFL. You can only play who's in front of you. The Broncos played the Lions. The Broncos came out, like you said, Chad, with a lot of emotion, a lot of fight. And when you win a game by four touchdowns, it's hard to poo-poo that. Most deaf. Here is uh, Travis Tarbox saying, Evening Priest, glad our Broncos won. And the way they honored DT was absolutely yeah. awesome. RIP DT. Yes, sir. We got Doug Henninger in the house. Thank you, Doug. Very generous. Says, This one's for DT. Such a great game and tribute for DT. My all time favorite Bronco and first jersey I ever got at my first game back in 2011. That's cool, buddy. Hashtag Broncos Country and long live DT. Yeah, dude. Demarius Thomas was a unique. Um, 
He's just a great guy, man, and a phenomenal player. Some people will debate, was he the greatest wide receiver in Broncos history? I know, like, Eric Trickle, he's he. I, I think even Lance, we were talking about this Friday night right before Dove Valley Deep Divers, they argue that DT is the best wide receiver in Broncos history. And as much as I love DT, I'm a Rod Smith on that topic, right, guy. And I said to him, you know, it probably comes down to generations. Like, when you came of age, were, were you watching the Rod Smith Broncos or were you watching the Demarius Thomas Broncos? That probably informs people's opinions. But either way, it doesn't matter because he's up there, man. And if he would have gotten the opportunity to have stuck around in Denver as long as Rod did, he probably would already own every record of this team has. I, you can make the case either way. I think DT was a little more explosive. You know, that's, you know, this generation's type of wide receiver, but you have Rod Smith, you have McCaffrey in there as well. The Broncos have a rich history of wide receivers, and if not number one, he's certainly number two. Regardless, fantastic individual on and off the field, and he will be missed for years to come, forever. Boise man, trying to kind of twist the knife here, Zach. He says, I'm sorry to do it to you, Zach, but you're helping me lock up the one seed in our fantasy league. Keep feeding Pookie. Great show, fellas. Hashtag fire Fangio on a 28-point win. That's the that's where we're at, right? 28 points, and you're like, well, stoked. But next week, probably going to be some precipitous drop-off, and we're going to get embarrassed. Mike Reno, appreciate the stars, buddy. Well, uh, Boise, I'll get to you in one second. Chad, you can make the case. What did Fangio do for this game to, to help the Broncos to lead him to victory? If anything, he was another detriment with his sideline management. What are you challenging that fumble for? He's one for seven now on challenges. He needs a new spotter or he needs better intuition. Something is not happening there. Boise, I don't know if I played you this week, but I wanted to say this. Sometimes in fantasy, when it's not your year, it's not your year. I lost Derrick Henry for the year. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was out for a while. Lamar Jackson was not performing, and then now he was out for today's game, and he has an ankle sprain. So, I, you know, it's not looking good for me, Chad, in the MHH Fantasy League, but whoever wins, you guys have a special present coming. Bet. Amen. Um, we have a name, by the way, for the guy. We finally got a name. We used to know who the analytics guy, what was his name, Mitch Tanny, right? Um, I'll see if I can find it, but here it is. Who consults with Vic on challenges and how the process works? This was Vic from Thursday. Quote, senior analyst Matt Sheldon, primarily up in the box with the help of other assistant coaches that are up in the box that see the replays. It was Matt that recommended we challenge that play the other night, talking about the Chiefs game, at the last second. So at least now you know who's in his ear a little bit. Joshua Shadow, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. He said, we need this energy for the last four games. RIP DT. Hashtag uh, idiot. You know, Zach, if it's one of those um, collateral, uh, what's a good word? Collateral um, results of DT's untimely passing is inspiring this team to a playoff push. That would be a great, great way. This team could really go be above and beyond to honor DT is to take what nobody saw as really a team angling for the postseason after getting blown out by the Chiefs like that and going – even if you lose your first game in the playoffs and it's forgettable, you're one and done, that's all it is. You got to the playoffs, you broke this ignominious streak. Great way to, to honor DT. Well, you got to ask yourself, what would DT think about this year's roster? He would think they're probably the most talented that he saw since Peyton Manning and that they have serious playoff potential. He would want them to realize that. I think 38-10 to 10 at home in these circumstances, I think he would accept that, and uh, he's proud of them from up above. Still crazy to say. Claude with uh, – 888 stars. So cool, buddy. He says, got it done for DT, a great player with an and an incredible human being. It's a beautiful thing when this squad plays complimentary football. Go Broncos. Yes, it is. And that definitely was the case today. You had guys on offense. It wasn't always pretty, but you had guys on offense making big plays. You had guys on defense making some big plays. Um, for what it's worth, Zach, I was really happy to see Draymond Jones get home twice today. Because this guy has been doing so much of the dirty work for this defense, and he has gotten so close. He's just, you know, you, you've heard my argument about QB hurries and all that stuff, which not to say it doesn't matter. Of course it matters, but to put it on par with actual sacks, in my opinion, is uh, misguided. He got there today twice. Loved seeing that. Plus, took a took a football to the dome on third down. <laughs> Did you see that play with the Goff? I don't know why he threw it so low. I mean, Draymond didn't even have to jump. I mean, he was in the process of jumping 
But when that ball hit him in the face, it was basically at the same level he would have been standing at six foot three. Better than taking a football to the groin like Mole Man from The Simpsons, Chad. Uh, <laughs> so I, Draymond, that's the that's the Draymond Jones we all thought we'd be getting coming into the season. The guy really does have Pro Bowl, if not all pro potential. He was everywhere today. He was the Broncos Aaron Donald, tackles for loss, quarterback hurries, quarterback hits, pass deflections, and of course sacks. He's making up for the lack of contribution from Shelby Harris. That's another story, though. Draymond was a beast. I love to see it. I think it's four sacks in four games now for Draymond. You got here uh, the leading wide receiver was Noah Fant. Zach, I know, I know he's a tight end, but the leading receiver, I should say. Uh, Michael, good to see you, bro. Love you. Appreciate you. You know this. Um, and then Miguel jumping in. He says, great emotional win. I still have chills watching all the tributes. Rest in power, DT. Love that, buddy. Um, Zach, I sat up in my chair, jaw agape, completely slack jawed when I saw Teddy throw up and above the first level, up and above the second level of the defense and hit Noah Fant perfectly on that play down the right sideline that set up a touchdown. Was there another play? I'm going to, I'll find it on the uh, game book. I guess I can, if I want to, but it was good to see. Maybe that can be encouraging enough for Teddy to go, you know what? That worked. Oh, wait a minute. I have a f- two, four, five tight ends and three wide receivers that terrify defenses. Maybe it's okay to throw beyond four or five yards. Yeah, after that, everything was a check down to Noah Fan or Alberto. And before Noah Fan got hurt, unfortunately, he was dinged up. We don't know his status, you know, after the game because we're potting. But yeah, it's it's always you have to rub your eyes when you see the Broncos throwing downfield like they're capable of doing this. Teddy can make that throw. So the only result is that the Broncos are not calling those plays to go downfield. Speaking of the receivers, though, I want to make one note, not to be a party pooper, but Cortland Sutton, he has such bad chemistry with Teddy Bridgewater. How bad, you ask? Over his last five games, including today's game, he has eight catches for 79 yards. Let's see. Week eight, week nine, week 10. Dallas or uh, KC in this game. Oh, wait a minute. I don't need to be Sherlock Holmes to deduce that that corresponds perfectly, Zach, with the return of Jerry Judy to the offense. Why would you pay him $60 million? Not going to throw him the ball. It doesn't really make sense to me at all. Cortland Sutton's being wasted. That's just a slight blight on today's game, though. it's, It's noticeable, though. When he attacks Cortland Sutton, it's mostly a DPI. That's not a result of a good throw by Teddy. It's a bad play by the DB. He's not putting in a position like, hate to say it, Drew Locke did on the deep balls with Cortland Sutton where he can go up and make a play on it. He is suffering bad in this offense. Travis, good to see you, buddy. Thank you. He says, uh, I feel good win. Draymond was a beast, and the defense was outstanding. I hope Teddy and our wideouts get things worked out down these uh, last games. Enjoy the win, Broncos. DT with that smile was looking down at you guys. Hashtag RIP88 gone, but will never be forgotten. Love you all, Broncos country. Amen. From uh, from your lips to God's ears. Najal Toff in the house. What's Thank up, you, big dog? Very generous. Thank you, bro. Broncos final drive, 14 plays, Zach, 88 yards. RIP DT, my brother, sleep well, my friend. Yes, indeed. How, uh, you know serendipitous is that symbolic i can't remember was it throw matthew 316 john 316 i don't know the game that tim tebow beat the uh the steelers with big help from dt the broncos finished with 316 yards and that single um what do you call them when they put on their eyes i just had a brain fart you know like the the eye black thank you but some of them they put the stickers right and tim used to write biblical verses on that. And uh, the one that he always would write and talked about was his favorite scripture. Broncos hit that in that one Tim Tebow playoff when that was the total. So sometimes football just works out serendipitously. And then you realize, wait a minute, this, this is one of those exceptions that proves the rule. I don't believe in coincidence. There's some things though. All right. When you do see one, you're like, all right, you know, this was, this was meant to be. The Broncos' final score also had an eight in it. I mean, there draw you go. your own conclusions. Malachi Smith, what's good? He says, Albert O should be our starting tight end. 
Also, we need to hit J- uh, Jerry Judy in stride a lot more than we do. Prayers for DT's family forever, a Bronco. Um, you know, Albert O just has a penchant, man. Like when he gets the ball, it's not quite obviously on the same scale as a Javante Williams, but when he gets the ball, he is hell bent for breakfast to make something happen, right? One of our big critiques of Noah Fant early on this season, it hasn't been as egregious of late, but for a good majority of the first half of this season, Zach, it was almost like he couldn't wait to go down. As soon as he caught it, all right, got my yards, go down. Albert O, man, that cat is fighting. He's hurtling dudes. He's reaching for the pylon. Like, he's just – it just seems like he's got more want to in his heart, Zach. I think he has better chemistry with Teddy Bridgewater as well. I mean, Noah Fenn is like the Cortland Sutton of tight ends when it comes to Teddy Bridgewater. I think, though, what we saw from Fenn, kind of our last conversation, though, proves he should be the starter considering what he brings to the table if used correctly. There's a reason why he was the first-round pick. There's a reason why Albert O wasn't. Noah Fenn's talent and upside, I believe, is bigger, uh, but his his chemistry and connection with Teddy Bridgewater is lesser right now than Albert O. I, regardless, though, they can cycle through them, kind of like running backs as well. Melvin or Javante, whoever is the hotter hand, the more reliable target, I think he should get the opportunities. Chris says that DT's jersey is the only white, blue, and orange jersey. Not one, but like he's got one of each color, right? That he owns, that's rad. Um, Efna, Efna Cotton, will DT go posthumously into the ring of fame? So the question here is, is he going to end up in the ring of fame? The answer is yes. So the only, of course, it will be posthumous, sadly, um, because he has passed. But, uh, Zach, there's no doubt in my mind, Demarius Thomas is going to land in the ring of fame. And with a bona fide Hall of Famer like Peyton Manning, using that verbiage saying he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Who knows, man? Maybe because Peyton's got some pull out there, dude. Peyton's got his little hooks in voters across the fruited plain. And if Peyton wanted to orchestrate a campaign to enshrine DT, he probably could find a way to make it happen. But what are the rules, Zach? Is it five years after you retired? I want to say. So that's that's a few years down the road. Charlie, thank you, buddy. I don't think DT is a first ballot Hall of Famer, but he certainly has a case to make, even standing on his own on his own resume without Peyton Manning's assistance. You know, he the stats he put up in the age of fantasy football as well. He was a household name to a lot of non-Broncos fans. That's important. That helps more than getting someone like Pat Bolin in the Hall of Fame, where not a lot of people outside of Denver really knew him or adored him like Broncos fans did. So I think DT has a case to make. I don't know if he can can get in, but he has a shot. Hey, Anka, thank you, bro. Much love to you. Uh, his He's got some 88 emojis and some heartbreak and, and, and tears. Um, well, real quick, on the topic of DT in the Hall, all right? If you look at his achievements, first of all, being a number two receiver all time on a storied franchise like the Broncos, some of the individual marks he owns as far as, you know, the five straight Pro Bowl berths. Um... Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
single his franchise's single season rec, uh, record holder for receiving yards. His at the time, I don't know if it's been broken now off the top of my head, I can't recall, but he set Super Bowl record in Super Bowl 48. He was basically the only guy that really came to, th- to play that day for the Denver Broncos. Uh, Super Bowl records in that game contributed to two different uh, Super Bowl teams, one of which, of course, ends up as world champion. Just shy of 10,000 yards, if, if I'm not mistaken. At least with the Broncos, he ended up with 9,000 and change. Uh, I'm going to look real quick here. There's a couple of things that you could you could argue against him because, you know, for the most part, Zach, if you don't get over 10K, uh, the Hall likes to ignore guys. But 9,763 receiving yards all time. The vast majority of that coming, of course, with the Broncos. 63 career touchdowns. So I think he has a resume. Here's the, here's the, to, to, to justify the Hall. Uh, Patrick, thank you, buddy. But here's what works against him a little bit, Zach. And maybe Peyton Manning can be the antidote to overcome this. But he wasn't a big, um, you know, glitzy, glamorous guy like a Des Bryant, who was his biggest, you know, contemporary of the era, right? Because they came out the same year. Um, so they were always being compared to each other. And, of course, Des Bryant threw him some love when they when he found out the news Thursday night on Twitter. But my point being, Des, you know, he if he would have had a, re- a resume and contributed to team success on par with uh, DT – in Dallas, I don't think anyone would even be questioning that Des Bryant's going to end up in the hall. So why not? Why not Bebe? Why not DT? I think it can happen. I think Broncos fans should remain very optimistic that it can happen. And then Andrew here says we shouldn't be done with Melvin Gordon. I know he's not our future RB one, but he and Pookie complement each other as a one-two punch. I'm done with him at $8 million a year. That's where I'm done with Melvin Gordon. It's one thing to have a compliment, but Mike Boone was a great compliment last week against Kansas City, and he's a fraction of the cost. I like Melvin. I don't think he'll ever be good enough to warn him getting more touches than than Pookie Williams or the contract that he makes right now. If he wants to come back on a reduced contract, fine, but Williams needs to be the RB1. You traded up in the second round for a devalued position in the NFL George Payton was proven right with Pookie Williams. He's looking like the best running back the Broncos have drafted or had since Clinton Portis at the very minimum. You got to give the guy room to shine, room to grow, and room to take hold of that RB1 mantle. Especially if you're in, you know, these games do count. And by that, I mean, Broncos are in the thick of it. So on one hand, like Scott's philosophy of, hey, man, you know, I don't want to depreciate this vehicle when while I, I don't have to, right? I got Melvin to take the uh, lion's share brunt of the punishment. I totally get that. At the same time, you draft explosive dudes to make explosive impacts in key moments, key parts of the season, key games. So I understand the balance there. And I guess if you look at it from the Broncos' perspective, Zach and they are trying to balance that, they're probably doing a pretty decent job of it because they are paying Melvin $8 bucks. Uh Ronnie, good to see you, my friend. Hope you're doing well. Uh, still treasure the little trinkets that you made for us. I usually have one within hand's reach here, but I don't at this very moment. He says uh, seven and six now, four more games. Can the Broncos pull off a better than 500 record in the end? What are your thoughts, Zach? Better than 500 record. I think we'll have our answer next week. You nailed it on the head, Chad. How they come out against Cincinnati. We're having this conversation once again. will tell us all we need to know. They've been a very hot and cold team. Jekyll and Hyde, bipolar, streaky, spotty, whatever word or phrase you want to use. That's the Broncos. Consistently inconsistent. Well, if they want to make the playoffs or have a winning record, they have to at least put a two-game winning streak together. And that starts next week against Cincinnati. They want to be in the playoffs. They have to beat a playoff caliber opponent. And that's Cincinnati. A far cry from Detroit. By the way, guys, thank you for the happy belated wishes. I do appreciate that. Um, Michael says, great win for Demarius today against the Lions. Yes, it was. And in that spirit, guys, we didn't want to say anything at the top of the show because we wanted the real energy to come out, all right, from the community. But tonight we are going to raffle off a Demarius Thomas jersey to somebody who is supporting the show, whether it's Stars or Super Chat. We will announce it, though, on tomorrow night's show. So if you have contributed stars or if you have contributed a super chat tonight, all right, you'll get a chance to win that jersey. Uh, Terry, good to see you, buddy. Up there in Canada, love it. But uh, It was good to talk to you last night, too, by the way. Uh, hashtag state of being. 
great seeing you. Great talking with you. We were uh, catching up um, and kind of remembering the late, great Duke Boynton, another member of our community who uh, passed uh, last weekend. And we're still trying to, by the way, guys, we're still trying to help drive some um, money to the, his, his family's GoFundMe. So if you go to my Twitter, Zach's Twitter, MHH Twitter, you'll see that link. Uh, any Anything helps that family right now because Duke was it for those three girls that he had. There's no one else to support him. And now they're trying to overcome how do you pay for funerals? How do you pay the rent? How All these things. It's just terrible, terrible situation. So uh, Calvin, appreciate you, my friend. He says, love the running back tandem. Two things, get a legit quarterback and keep the challenge flag from Fangio. Geesh, LOL, this one, or DT. And then he says, nice 88 play, 88-yard uh, drive. Yes, indeed, bro. Hey, you mentioned Matt. What's his name? The new analytics guy in Fangio's uh, his name spotter. is Matt. Where to go, Matt Sheldon? Matt Sheldon. Well, he needs to get out of Fangio's ear. They need a new spotter up there because again, one for seven on challenges. That's unacceptable. You literally have a better chance blind guessing 50-50, and you'd have a better shot of having more than one in seven odds. I agree, though. What what you said otherwise? Good win for DT. Good win for the ground game, Javante. It's good to see. Let's keep this train going forward now. So cool, as Diamond Rattler says here on a super chat. Thank you. He uh, says, amazing win. The Justin Simmons pick was awesome. Yeah. Rest in power, DT. Loved how he – and you could just tell how um, fired up emotionally he was over that decal on the grass where he leaves the ball and everyone gathers there on the 88 decal. And, you know, that was – he was, Justin Simmons, one of 10 <clears throat> current Broncos who were teammates with Demarius Thomas. So – He's one of the guys, obviously, still in Denver that are, that it hit close to home for. So, loved seeing that. And what a great play by Simmons. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, you know, I was watching the Tennessee Titans game earlier, and their defensive backs, and I'm just a random example, but they have Kevin Byard, the safety. And, you know, safeties of that caliber, highly paid, they're always making plays on the ball. They're influencing the game, not, not getting lucky off deflections or a ball thrown right to them. That was a play that Simmons made. That was all Justin Simmons. That was athleticism. That was explosion. That's what you want to see from a very, very highly paid player. I want to see more of that, more takeaways, getting the ball back to the offense, and uh, contributing to the ethos that is Vic Fangio defensive mastermind. The Brainstorm, good to see you, my friend. Been a minute, but we're happy to have you with us tonight. The Brainstorm says, sad that the game didn't air in New Mexico, but happy that we got the win for DT, hoping for Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. We shall see. Um, you know, there are other ways to watch the game if it's not televised. Um, you can Google things like, you know, Denver Broncos versus Detroit Lions stream and see what you might find. Or DM me like Chad did today, <laughs> and I'll hook you up, guys. <laughs> uh, David Wilder, appreciate you, bro. This was a great win, and the team actually picked it up at the half. I didn't see the game, but I'm glad we won it for DT. Maybe we will make a playoff run. Maybe. Maybe. And then he says, RIP DT 88. You know, again, you never know where an emotional lift is going to come from. And when that lift occurs, Zach, how long it can be sustained. There was no doubt. Now I get it. This, we're talking about the one-win Lions today, right? But it was clear with how hot this team started. And, you know, they went backwards for a stretch there in the second quarter, but came back, uh, played real good down the stretch. There is no doubt this team was lit up today. They were emotionally fired up, just honed in, focused, there was nothing going to forestall the Broncos from getting a win today for DT, especially going against the Lions. But I would hazard outside of maybe, you know, half a dozen teams. Broncos were going to win no matter who was on this schedule this week. And it's just a question now, Zach, of can you find a way to be like, hey, thanks for the boost. We'll take it from here. You know, DT gave them an emotional yeah. boost. But now, since they've got some elevation under their wings, maybe they can find a way to you know, stay at that elevation. I just don't want to see this Jekyll and Hyde anymore. I am so tired of the hot, cold, hot, cold, black, white, black, white, up, down, up, down. 
Shouldn't they have been fired up, though? I just think it's such a weird thing to praise. A team being up for an opponent at home in a must-win scenario. Even without DT's passing, the Broncos should have been fired up. Like every other game, the fact that they are hot and cold, bipolar, whatever, is a sad indictment on the players and the coaching staff. So I'm happy that DT gave them that extra boost, but they have to prove that it's not just a one-week exception they have to prove it's the rule so coming out against Cincinnati I don't want to see lifelessness I don't want to see hands on hips I don't want to see cross arms I want to see fight vigor passion excitement emotion the rest of the season should be about DT should be about the Broncos making the playoffs need to have that mindset going forward vim and vigor this is what we want to see from these Denver Broncos Good to see you, 727 Mill. And also, shout out to you. I saw that you threw down to, in support of the Boynton girls. Really appreciate that, my friend. Uh, he says, we won for DT, my favorite Bronco of all time. Happy he responded to me on Instagram on a comment a couple years back. Oh, that's cool, bro. And a good team win today. Go Broncos. That's something really special for you, man. You'll always have that. Um, you know, amongst the how many thousands, who knows, tens of thousands followers that he had or whatever he responds to you that's cool they don't make him like dt anymore and in he if you search and search and and try to find something negative about him you won't do it i don't think anything exists he was that kind-hearted compassionate of a human being and the world needs more people like demarius thomas quite frankly keshoguki what's going on big dog he says the moment for me Always be DT and Tebow in 11. Yeah, it was iconic, man. You know, and and here's what's funny is, Zach, that moment was obviously top two or three iconic moments for the Broncos all time. And I would even put it up there over in terms of just like how big of a deal it was and how unexpected it was and how exciting it was and how much publicity it generated and all that stuff. I put it up there over like, you know, the Super Bowl 50 win as an example. Not that it was more important than that. Don't get me wrong. I'm just talking about iconic moments that are indelible in people's minds that they never forget. DT has that with the Denver Broncos and Zach. He's got one for the NFL all time because when it shows Peyton Manning's pass, they got him the whatever it was, 509th touchdown to move ahead of Brett Favre. It's always going to be DT in that clip. It's always going to be DT who caught that pass against the San Francisco 49ers. And so, I mean, the more you talk about DT, the more you realize this man's body of work and his resume. The fact that he's on, he was the leading receiver, Zach, on the most prolific offense of all time. I mean, there are so many, so many just points to bolster. It shouldn't take, you know, the the king of all litigators to get this guy in the hall when is when the time comes. Well, I mean, people look at the Tebow play against the Steelers, and of course, the Tebow mania, he gets all the credit for it, or at least all the publicity and the headlines, but Demarius Thomas made that play. I mean, he caught the ball over the middle, it was a fairly simple pitch and catch, and he stiff-armed somewhat and out outran the rest of the defense to the end zone. That showed his talent. That was a preview of what was to come in the career of Demarius Thomas, and I hope he gets the credit he deserves, and that ends up with a bust in Canton. He'll end up being in the ring for sure, guys. And I, if I could, who knows? Maybe I will find a way to bet money on it. But I would bet money on it that his day, that he that he gets in the uh, he gets in the hall. Jacoy, good win. Thank you, by the way. Hopefully, Denver can keep the momentum. I just got to the stream, so I don't know if it was mentioned yet, but Denver's last scoring drive was 88 yards. So symbolic. We love it. We love it. We don't believe in coincidence. That was foreordained in the stars by the football gods and the real god, right? Real god. Mark Knapp, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Good to see you. Uh, Broncos 007. We got a, uh, we've got, what do you call him, a spy? Just don't shag us, okay? He says, I'm just <laughs> glad we didn't lose the game to the Lions. Go Broncos, and we'll miss you, DT. Amen, buddy. I, there was no chance. I, I mean, again, they're the Broncos, and they're the, the kings of being consistently inconsistent, but if they would have lost to this Lions team that was barely, they literally barely had enough players between CV issues and injuries. There were reports that they were going to have to postpone or move the game to tomorrow to accommodate Detroit. So if they would have lost this game, Chad, I would have fired Fangio and the coaching staff on the field right after the final <laughs> gun. That would have been deserved. Uh, let's grab here Donald Netanyahu, who says with the super chat, thank you, by the way. 
RIP DT number 88. And then you got Tim Hoffman jumping in to say on Facebook, great win today, especially for DT. Definitely hard to hold back tears watching the Broncos dedicate the ball, those balls with love to DT. Mark Sanchez said it tonight. We need to keep running the ball, play action pass more and more. Go Broncos. Yeah, Zach, there is a model there as far as the, you know, teams now are fearing that rushing attack. Like it's, it's a known thing now. And so, you have to be able to recognize that as an offense and as a quarterback and capitalize on defenses flooding the box and being on their heels in a way that they want to be on their toes. I should say where they want to explode downhill. You can capitalize on that with some play fakes, dude. I think if, if Pat Shermer deserves to be in the NFL as a, as a coordinator, I think you'll see that work for this team more and more down the stretch, but I'm just not counting on it. If that's the barometer, then he doesn't have a long future in the NFL upcoming. You know, he can't he can't build a passing offense off play action when you have two great running backs, almost two 100 yard running backs in this game. You got to take chances down the field. Corlin Sutton shouldn't have one catch for nine yards. A 60 million dollar receiver that's unacceptable. I thought Mark Sanchez was great today in his color commentary. He was calling out Teddy Bridgewater for making inaccurate passes, calling out the Broncos kind of game flow and what they should do running the ball. I agree with him. Run it until they prove they can stop you. Detroit did not prove that, and the Broncos, thank God, stuck with it for once. I'm going to grab Dennis here and then Albert Knoppers on Facebook. Dennis says, up in Michigan, I loved Draymond's play today. Amen. The Simmons pick was amazing. Word. Loved and appreciated the players honoring DT. Still want Vic, Pat, and Tom gone, though. Zach. There were no special teams miscues today that I can remember, which is shocking to me because there's always one. And it looked like Deontay Spencer was going to get caught from behind or fumble. Something bad was going to happen or a punt block. Nothing did. I, both things can be true, though, Chad. They can, you can play a good game. You can beat up on a, a bad team. You can score a lot of points. People can look good. But the overall big picture, the overall product, you still want to see changes to. I don't think this did anything to boost the job security or morale in the fan base, at least, of Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer, the coaching staff, they're going to prove next week what their medal is. And if it's judging by the past, it's not going to be very good. Albert Knopper says, Teddy was atrocious at times tonight, holding on to the ball too long, running straight into being sacked, and his throws, he needs to learn from Drew. RIP your mentions, Albert. Yeah, you're going to get crushed on that. But we feel you in terms of like, you know, play with some panache, my dog. You know, play with a, a modicum of aggression. Play with a modicum of presence of mind and knowing that, look, I don't have to be Superman. My supporting cast are Superman. I just got to get them the ball. Um, I don't know. We could, we could, we could stay on this topic for but, forever. Zach. But, but Chad, I mean, inaccurate passes, holding on to the ball, taking sacks, turning the ball over, even though he didn't do it today. Weren't those criticisms about Drew Locke? Isn't that the reason why they didn't give him the job? So Teddy is, is producing all those errors, yet it's being swept under the rug, except for people like Albert who want to point it out. Funny double standard exists and will exist. Locked arrangement syndrome still a thing. I agree with Scott Kennedy, though, by the way. That was the first full game I've, I've uh, watched of Mark Sanchez calling the game. I actually liked his calls. Good. He, yeah. he pulled a few Romo moments too, where he, you know, called, you know, hey, here's what's about to happen. Boom, it happens. Uh, Miguel wants to know, will the Broncos retire 88, Zach? I got to tell you, no. I don't think so. That's, it's just something that teams are trying to do less and less in the modern era. And for obvious reasons, there's only so many numbers between zero and 100 or you know, 99. And then you start, you know, this, this league's stacking the years and, so, no, I don't think so, but he will be honored as a ring of famer when his time comes, and hopefully, Zach, hopefully, the Hall. Yeah, I mean, they're going to do, every. I think, everything to honor him. Realistically, getting in the ring of fame is, is a shoe-in. The Hall of Fame is a maybe decals and sideline, you know, paintings and stuff like that. That's all well and good, but retiring a number, you know, they were so quick to hand out Terrell Davis's number to Philip Lindsay. If Terrell Davis's number couldn't be retired, unfortunately, I don't think Demarius Thomas's number will, even considering the circumstances. Shane says, the aviator, great win. I love the tributes to DT. Retire that man's number. If Denver can play like this for the rest of the season, yes, indeed. If, if, if. 
Uh, Savage Boy Kev says, with both running backs over 600, now both over 700, by the way, with five games left, who will hit 1,000 yards first? You know, Zach, I think um, if you're betting on it, you're, you're going to bet on Melvin Gordon just because there's a clear push by the coaches to make yeah. sure each and every game he gets more touches than Pookie. But I think it's a like relatively, if we're talking about betting odds, I think it's a relatively safe bet that the Broncos could end up with 2,000-yard rushers this year. Like if they continue on the same vein that they have, you know, the last quarter of the season and how they're running the ball, Zach, five games or uh, let's see, is it five, four games left? Four, yeah. Four games left to get a total of uh, 600 yards between them and relatively evenly. I think it can happen, guys. It's it's right there. It is, but then you have Pat Shermer, and he's known to give your running backs four and five yards a carry per game after giving them 18 and 20 carries per game. So if they play ball with their running backs, figuratively and literally, I think they can hit that mark. More realistically, it's probably 1,000-yard rusher, and if my bookie would have a prop bet for that, I would take Melvin Gordon, simply because, like you said, the volume... He gets more opportunities, and to his credit, he's converting those opportunities. He had a 100-yard game today, and if he stays healthy, I think he'll hit that mark. Good payday for him coming, if so. Yeah, guys, the Bengals did lose today, so that's good news for the Broncos. And the Niners won. Mike Rosage, Rosage, a newer name. Welcome. Thank you, buddy. We just might hit our stride at the right time. Go Denver. Great pod, as always. Much obliged, my friend. Thank you. Brett Caps jumping in on Facebook to say, such a great team win. R.I.P to DT number 88. Now, let's finish this year out strong for DT. And Claude throwing down some stars, too. Appreciate you guys. And, yes, Zach, we are going to raffle off. We'll select a winner. It's We're not going to separate it in this instance between Facebook and YouTube supporters. We'll just take all those names from tonight. If you threw down some stars, if you threw down a super chat, you go in the hat. We'll do the drawing tomorrow night. It'll be dope. Demarius Thomas jersey coming to someone. If we get it. There's a solid chance before Christmas, the way lead times are right now, but there's still a, a solid chance. I just want to say one thing. This is kind of off topic. I, not to take today's win with a grain of salt or not to devalue a win because, again, a win is a win is a win, but it was Detroit. I think even the Dallas victory was more impressive, even though Dallas overlooked the Broncos and took them not seriously. They played, I think, overall better in all three phases than they did against Detroit today. If Detroit was a better team or they had more men and firepower, they could have put up a fight against Denver. They had a second quarter that allowed Detroit to stay in the ballgame or maybe even get ahead. Halftime was only 17-10, Chad. It was a one-possession game. So they have to tighten a lot up. And like I said, you can hide Teddy and get by with, what is it, 130 yards and, and a touchdown. You can get by with that when you're facing Detroit. But when you're facing Cincinnati or Kansas City, who's on a tear right now, even Vegas, the Chargers, you have to come correct. You have to bring all that you have, 60 minutes, your A game. And I don't think this was the Broncos' A game. So they have to be better than they were today if they want to make a legitimate playoff push. Don't get too high on the Broncos, just like we don't want the Broncos to get too high on themselves. One game at a time. <laughs> Real quick, before we get, grab Matt here, Albert Knopper says, if I was afraid of being harassed, I wouldn't show my fandom for the Broncos in Kansas City. Yeah, that takes that, that takes some stones, especially if you're flying solo, my friend. Matthew Beatty says, I love the batted passes we had. Definitely missed it this season. And RIP to my favorite receiver in the orange and blue, number 88, very sweet, my friend. Thank you. Um, guys, we're about out of time here, so I'm just scrolling to make sure we don't miss. Try and get everybody here. Um, Brett Caps, I don't know if I saw a comment, but I saw you threw down some stars here. Uh, Wyatt as well. But, uh, Zach, as we start winding down tonight's stream here, um, actually, let me grab this one from Ted. Uh, it's not a super chat, but Ted says, Ted says, Chad and Zach, can you guys please break down the wins versus losses that have to happen in order for us to make the playoffs? No, we don't have enough time. <laughs> All right. But here's what I'll tell you to do before today's game, Eric trickle, and he'll be publishing this article once a week up until the end of the season wrote a Broncos rooting interests for week 14 article that answers every question you have right now. So, Soon as this stream is over, Tez, go to milehighhuddle.com. You'll see the article by Eric. Give it a read. Okay. Um, let me see. 
I also, I'm, let me hook you guys up with something else. This is the ESPN playoff simulator. I use this every year. You can tinker with different games, different results to see uh, what the Broncos need. So it's all in the comment section right there. Scott, I don't know if you can, on your end, if you can see what Wyatt's, Wyatt, if we can't find your comment, you got to forgive us because it's so hot and heavy tonight. But I'm scrolling up, trying to see if I can find it. So bear with me. He's saying, man, I need a comment read from my stars. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Scott will keep an eye out for it too. Um, hopefully we'll grab it before we get out of here, but we can't bog down the conversation too much. We'll keep an eye out for it. Okay. Um, it really is weird, Zach, how the AFC, the, the broadcast today did a good job kind of showcasing this, but the AFC really is a log jam right now for those three wild card spots. I mean, unlike I've seen in a long time. And, you know, one of the greatest blessings if the Broncos truly want to be men who control their own destiny that the football gods have given them is that so many of the the opponents and competitors vying for those three playoff spots those three wild cards they get on their schedule between now and the end of the season like they have such an opportunity here to punch their own ticket and you don't have to win every game in fact you know if you can win if you can get to 10 wins in this field there's a solid chance you you make it but if you're looking for an opportunity halfway now through december zach as a team that hasn't made the playoffs since 2015 to have control of your own destiny the, the football gods have have served it up to you denver broncos well they somewhat do and they somewhat don't because they would lose the head-to-head tiebreaker to two playoff teams right now or three if you want to count vegas but also pittsburgh and cleveland in the AFC playoff picture. All those are vying for the wild card as well, and the Broncos lost the head-to-head matchup. That's why it's so paramount that they beat Cincinnati next week. I think I agree with Scott here. He said that they have to go 3-1 and to close out the season, and they have to beat Cincinnati. I'm in agreement with that. They really have to run the table if they want to sneak into the playoff picture, grab a wild card in the AFC, but it starts next week. If they lose to Cincinnati, I don't think they make the playoffs, and I think they spiral to like a, what would it be, 8-9 and record. Wyatt says, great touchdown by Alberto, but how about the ignorance or lack of ability from Teddy to hit wide open Fant, who was 10 yards past Alberto and in the end zone? When he scrambled out to the right like that, Zach, I was looking at Fant, and I really thought that's where he was going to go with the ball because Fant was in the end zone. I also liked the number of times I heard about the mismatch on the outside (laughs) and no targets out there. Dude, Teddy doesn't trust that arm, dude. That's why. That's what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to. But, Zach, we uh, finish your thought, and then we'll get out of here. Well, I was going to say, Teddy doesn't trust his arm, and the Broncos don't trust Teddy's arm. I I don't think they want to take downfield shots because they don't believe that Teddy Bridgewater can complete them. And by downfield shots, by the the way, I mean 15 yards down the field. Nothing crazy. But that's going to do it for the – we have a comment from Aaron. That was for DT, RIP number 88. We appreciate you, Aaron, so much. Thank you for your contributions. That is going to do it, though, for the gut reaction episode. Very emotional episode, even in a 28-point victory, considering Demarius Thomas's untimely, horrible, tragic death. Uh, we'll be back on tomorrow night for the aftermath episode of today's victory. In the meantime, guys, follow us on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. You can follow the main account for all your Broncos forthcoming news, analysis, film breakdowns, rumors, transactions, and more at Mile High Huddle. Follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. Follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. Right now, go to huddleuppod.com and get yourself a hat like Chad's wearing. Get yourself a coffee cup. Get yourself a nice hoodie for the wintertime. All right there at huddleuppod.com. And if you haven't, go to facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. Guys, hit that big blue button. Become a supporter. We had Kelberman's Corner at halftime. Every Sunday at halftime is KK. We also have Broncos Book Club and Trickle Zone each and every week. Five bucks a month worth every penny. I promise you that. You have my guarantee. Also, Facebook.com slash Pod. Notice a difference, but follow that page all the same for all the latest on the podcast and the brand. And if you haven't, guys, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win hoodie, shirt, coffee cup, etc. each and every month. But if you can't do any of those things, any of them all, do these three things. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. Helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. 
Most definitely. And also shout out to Dylan, who's been moderating the chat for us on YouTube, like a boss, very consistent every single night. He's in there helping us out. Appreciate you, Dylan. He says, um, he says, I got to say here, Zach, shout out to some star senders tonight. Top dog, Travis Weber, followed by Matt Beatty, Claude Riley, Miguel, Doug Raquel, Michael Ronquillo, Aaron Johnson, Brett, Albert, Andrew Baker, Tim Hoffman, Mike Reno, Colby, Mark Knapp, David Wilder, Travis Tarbox, Patrick Havener, C. Patrick Havener, Havener, Lawrence Rivera, Charlie Young, and Wyatt Horning. Much love to each and every one of you. And all of our YouTube Super Chat superstars, you know who you are. We love you. We appreciate you. Tomorrow night, we will raffle off the names from those who contributed either stars or Super Chat tonight to decide and see who gets that Demarius Thomas jersey. We'll get it ordered as soon as the pick is in, as soon as the raffle selection is made, and that'll be a nice little uh, Christmas boost for someone in our community. But, guys, love you. As Zach said, we'll, we'll see you tomorrow night for the aftermath. Take care. As always, RIP DT. Go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. I'm Su Lin Wong, host of The Prince, a new podcast series from The Economist. It's about China's leader, Xi Jinping. He's the most powerful man in the world. But he remains a mystery. His story is hidden behind a brutal censorship and propaganda machine. After 10 years in charge, it looks like he'll break convention to stay on, perhaps for the rest of his life. I'll tell the real story of China's leader, the lessons he learned from watching his parents lose everything and from rising through the ranks of a vicious regime. Now, he's using those lessons to control over a billion people. He's changed China, he's changed my life, and the decisions he makes affect us all. To understand what's next, you need to know where he came from. Listen to The Prince from The Economist, wherever you get your podcasts. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.